Right, we're in this series of um, uh, pe- people who met Jesus, and it's based here from the Luke's Gospel. And we're doing a series of seven, uh, seven groups of people, if you like, who met Jesus. Um, if we go to the next slide. And here and the next one. And basically, um, if you ever watch the Have I Got News For You, this is Yodmon Outround. I wondered if you possibly could possibly tell me which one uh, that's on my piece of paper is the odd one out. Um, is the fisherman, which we did yesterday, uh, last week. We got the centurion, which we're doing today. The paralysed man, uh, the sinful woman, the syn- synagogue leader, uh, some little children, and the tax collector. Which one of them do you think? And I give you a real big clue. It's the centurion. Yeah? Who is it? It is the centurion. Any idea why I think he is the odd one out? He's on his own? <laughs> that's a good clue. Yeah, that's a symbolic. He doesn't actually, in the in this passage, meet Jesus. He sends the, uh, the Jewish elders, and also he sends his friends. So the centurion doesn't actually meet Jesus. Any other... Any other good points? Sorry? Gentile, correct. Well, I'm certainly a Gentile, and I'm sure the others are not. So I was a bit, uh, yeah, I've got him down as a Gentile on my list. And the final one is Jesus did the healing without actually being present. I know he did it two other times, but this one... It's quite unique, which I'll show you through the talk. So, at the moment, we've got three key characteristics about this guy. So, let's have a look at this centurion. Uh, The next slide, if you wouldn't mind. Yeah, not quite the order I thought it was going to be. Never mind. So, the the key thing that Jesus says, which fascinates me, is that he said about this centurion... Um, about his amazing faith. In verse uh, in, the, in verse 9, said, When Jesus heard this, he was amazed at him, and turning to the crowd, following him, said, I tell you, I have not found such great, great faith even in Israel. So all the religious people of God's people in Israel, Jesus had found this amazing faith. Jesus never said uh, that anyone else in the Bible had amazing faith other than this Gentile centurion who didn't actually meet Jesus in, the, in this particular gospel. And, and that, to me, triggered something. Um, I came across this centurion um, uh, in earnest about Easter time when Josh asked me through the, uh, through the mega plan to do this talk. And me and this, this centurion have been working together, living together, communicating. We even went on holiday together. We are absolutely, and I'll be really sad because he'll be leaving me tonight. He'll be leaving me after this service. So this centurion, and I've got to know this centurion really, really well. So if we like to, let's have a look what Jesus found so amazing about this man's faith. So if you go to the next slide, here we got is this centurion, a warlike man living in a, in a country which was uh, he, their, their, their empire, if you like, Invaded and effectively, as far as I was concerned, he'd probably be the enemy as far as Jesus and the Jews were concerned. However, Jesus found this amazing, great faith. Now, take a bit of poetic license, um, and this is my my all-age slot. Take a bit of poetic license. I've named this guy 
because you need name, rank and number. I've named this guy Atticus. Partly because my wife was studying uh, a guy called Atticus Finch from To Kill a Mockingbird, is that correct? And that sounded great. I've come across this sermon on the Roman uh, centurion and come across Atticus. Also, my study, as I like to call it, my my fortress, the place where I study and really reflect on the work, is uh, is is affectionately called by my family the Attic. So hence the name Atticus. We know we know his rank is a centurion, and I've given him a number because you've got to give a number. Anyone can work out what that number is. I'm looking over here because the intellect's over this side. No. 20,000 and? So this is a message for today. This is a message for 2019 from Atticus, alias uh, here. Also, and the next slide, also Atticus, we went on holiday together and he showed me where he did his basic training <laughs> in the amphitheatre and, and there he is, standing there, greeting me in the, in the sunshine. Um, yeah, that's just a bit of fun, just for the adults, that, that didn't, that's, he's not really the one from the Bible. Okay, it's just my bit of fun. And it just seemed, everything I seem to come across today, uh, since, has been connected. So I just feel that there's something exciting going on here. And, and my best friend, uh, my mum, my spiritual mum, has given me a book. And just, can you hold that up, Julie, the book? She just gave it this morning, and it's got Dress to Kill. And it's got a picture of a Roman, so God's in this. So let's hang on and go with this, because this is going to be powerful. I just know it. So this digging into this amazing faith, this unbelievable, great, amazing faith. Jesus used the word amazing only twice. Uh, it's been recorded. First time was, uh, well, no, once on a positive note about this centurion, about his faith, and on a negative point, he told the people in Mark's Gospel, the people that at Nazareth, he went to preach in the temple, and he was amazed at their lack of faith. So we've got two, two contrasting faiths, a lack of faith, and this amazing faith. And it's the amazing faith I want to take lesson from, and, and I want to bring it in, and I want to nail it down as part of our talk today, because it's got so much, um, so much power in it. Also, this story has touched a nerve with me because I've had, um, <clears throat> I've experienced some really close family illnesses, serious illnesses and death. Um, and also with some very close friends, I'm experiencing some really uh, terrible things about cancers and uh, heart conditions and all sorts of uh, things that are just not acceptable. And I feel I need to make a stand. This is something that cannot continue on. And I do not believe it's God's will. And I'm, I've been digging into the scriptures and I've found no end of scriptures on healing and things like that. And I'm absolutely convinced God's purposes is for you to be well. Now, you might argue with it, but that's what I find from scripture. No nonsense. God wants you well. That's, he wants you to be well. And it says, as Jesus is, so am I. And that's where I want to be. And then he talks about the faith. How did this, this centurion, how did my friend uh, Atticus get this faith, faith? He heard the word of God. In verse 1, we read, When Jesus had finished saying all this, the people who were listening, uh, 
uh, who were listening, he entered into Capernaum. What I found that is we need to preach what God's word is. We need to preach and talk and speak what God's words are. Not what we think, what it actually means. And I think we get that from sermons. We get that from our own personal Bible um, uh, study. We, get, we need to get it from watch the right TV programs, internet. We need to really dive, dig, and mine these truths from Scripture, from, from, from people who give the true word of God. We need to listen. And listening, I understand, to be understanding, to be comprehension. Not just to listen, it, it needs to go in and act upon this. Because Jesus is the, uh, the author and the, the, the founder of our faith. And in Romans chapter, chapter 10, it talks about consequently. So as a consequence of this sort of, of, this, uh, sort of studying, this sort of looking at the word, consequent, faith comes. So faith does come as a consequence of hearing, understanding, studying the word, the message, and the message is heard from the word of God. So if, if someone's preaching on the word of God, we take it in, understand it, and, it, and our faith is a consequence. Now we had a, 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 a sermon talks on faith, and what came to me was this, this mustard seed, a small tiny mustard seed that grows into a big tree which birds nest in. Personally, I took a slightly different picture of that mustard seed. I think the real faith of that mustard seed is actually taking it and putting it into the ground or into a pot to make it grow. That's where I think the faith is. Because we can talk, you know, I can say, yeah, farmers put seeds and things and it grows. But actually doing that, because my gardening skills, I put plants in and they die. And I, so the faith of taking this little small bit of faith and planting in the word of God, and knowing it's going to bear fruit. And when the message is spoken, it needs to be understood. We need to understand what it's saying. Faith is produced, as I say, as a consequence. Faith in itself does absolutely nothing. Faith must be based on the promises of God, and on our ability to take that seed, that that seed of faith, and do something with it, act upon it, Put it in the ground. Put it into the place where healing is needed. We need to act in line with what we believe. If we truly believe God is who he says he is in his word, and we believe that the Bible is true, and it means exactly what it says, we need to act accordingly. We, don't, we need to do something there. To, that is the difference I've got between faith and belief, believing is, active, is an active word. Faith is a noun. We need to do something, act upon it, and have the confidence that God will keep his promises to you and I. Because God is a faithful God. And that is exactly what faith is. Like, the, like my friend Atticus, he put his faith in God's healing abilities, in his healing power from what he heard. And he put it in the place and he stood, before, he asked for the healing of his uh, servant who he loved. The centurion, our friend Atticus, acted upon his faith that he had. And then verse 3 emphasizes that. The centurion heard of Jesus and sent some elders of the Jews to him, asking him to come and heal his servant. 
Let's follow the centurion. Let's follow Atticus's advice. Let's hear God's word. And today, in our talk, in this talk, and in and following it, let's 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 boldly ask God. Ask Him for for healing, for for whatever is on your heart. The uh, centurion, he sent his, his Jewish friends. And what was clever, I could create another sermon out of this one. In verse uh, 4 and 5, it says, When they came to Jesus, they pleaded earnestly with him. This man deserves to have, all, uh, have you do this, because he loves our nation, has built our synagogue. May I say that Jesus did not act because this man had built a synagogue or he was uh, he's very he loved the nation of Israel. I think it's because they earnestly asked. It's that pleaded. So when we come into for Jesus, we, we earnestly pray for healing. We don't need to be passive in here. We need to be. We need to stand firmly, asking for what is already been given. And verse six and seven, it goes on. So when so so Jesus went with them. And he was not far off from the house when the centurion sent his friends to say to him, Lord, don't trouble yourself. I do not deserve to have you come to under my roof. That is why I, uh, I did not even consider myself worthy to come to you. But say the word and my servant will be healed. Say the word. So this centurion is very modest. He's very, in my opinion, he, he, says, I, he, he says, I do not deserve. The centurion demonstrated this, uh, this, this important fact of recognising Jesus for his infinite superiority. He recognises this man had got this authority. He recognised that Jesus was, was, was effectively more, more than him, and he knew his place. He was courteous, and, and he recognised that God would do this, Jesus would do this because of his grace, this undeserved, this unearned, this unmerited favour that, that, that will bestow on him. And now we come to the key. The come to the key thing uh, for me that really triggered me. He said, but say the word and my servant will be healed. What confidence there. Say the word and my, and my servant will be healed. Not maybe or could be, will be healed. And that's the story. So the centurion heard the word of the Lord. He had the faith that rose up inside his heart. And then he spoke out uh, in words of faith. It is written. It is. It is what you've said. It is what is promised in in your word. And and they had that certainty and confidence that I really, really, really aspire to. Atticus is something. Is is I've grown into the fact that this is the way I've got to battle with these these enemies of sickness, these enemies of uh, illnesses. And I've got to. We've got to go out there and we've got to reclaim these these people t- from from captivity. And Atticus recognises that he's a man under the authority with soldiers under him. Um, sorry, sorry. Ver- yeah, verse 8. For I myself am a man under authority. Atticus knew his place in the pecking order. He knew that Caesar would give an order and it would come down the ranks and round the ranks. And when it gets to him, he's got to pass it on down the, down the ranks. He recognised in Jesus that he was, uh, he was under the authority of, of his father. And he was doing what the Father's will was. And Atticus recognised that in, in Jesus from his dealings. He's a military man, a leader. He had men, he just said, do this, and they did it. And he knew that he'd do it. He just need to say the word. He didn't have to check it. He didn't have to bully them into it. He just commanded it, and it was done. And that's the, the authority and the, uh, and the 
that, that, that he saw that Jesus had. He recognised that. And because uh, Jesus said in the scriptures, in John's gospel, he said, for I have come down from heaven, not to do my will, this is Jesus saying, but the will of the one who sent me, his father. So Jesus was under the authority of God. And Atticus could recognise that. And he knew that, Jesus, that if Jesus said the word, it would be done. And that is amazing. And, and Atticus didn't have the, the benefit of, of, of all the scriptures that we have today. He had this power inside him that uh, he, he knew. And that comes from that really tiny ounce of faith that we need. So Jesus, in verse 9, he said, When Jesus heard this, he was amazed. And when you see it in that light, you're thinking, no one, even Jesus' closest friends, uh, even uh, take the example of uh, Mary and Martha, where they called for Jesus to go and heal Lazarus. They, 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 they didn't say, just say the word Jesus, he'll be healed. They didn't even have that sort of faith. They were really angry with Jesus because he got there late and he died. They had not, hadn't got the faith that this Atticus had in, in, in God's word. And that's what I find really, really impressive. He just said, say the word and he would be healed. And Jesus was, and I think Jesus was genuinely amazed. It was something that I didn't think he, he would expect. He obviously saw the Father working here, hence his response in verse 9. When Jesus heard this, he was amazed at him, turning to the crowd uh, that followed him and said, I tell you, I have not found such great faith even in Israel. And, and really, I find now really difficult to, to speak now to say, where do we go from here? I think, I just want to recap on what the centurion uh, what found in this scripture. He heard God's word. We have all heard God's word. We allow it. We need to allow it to take, take faith in our hearts. We need to speak out and, and speak out the relevant words. We need to ask. We need to ask for, for healing. We need to ask God to, to meet our needs. And then, as a result, we see healing. Because, and, and what was amazing as well about Atticus, he didn't say, give me a sign to make sure he's healed. He just said, say the word and he will be healed. And I find that so powerful. John the Baptist's dad, uh, dad uh, who's, who's told by an angel, if you think an angel told you something, you'd say, well, that's proof enough. But he wanted a sign from God to tell him that he's going to have a son. He didn't believe him. And he was the chief priest. So let's, let's be humble. Let's be like this uh, Atticus guy and take it at that God's word. Take God at his word. And then I love the end uh, in, in verse 10. It says... And I'm comparing this with the other version that's in Matthew, uh, sorry, yeah, Matthew's version, which gives the same sort of ending. But I like the actual, the ending in Matthew, where it says, then Jesus said to the centurion, go, let it be done, just as you believed it would. And his servant was healed at that moment. Go. And I, look, and I feel that's a prayer for us this morning, is, 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 is laying our request before Jesus, hearing his word, accepting it as faith, and then putting our petitions to him, and hearing Jesus said, say, go, let it be done, just as you believed. And just as Ben bravely, I thought, sat on that, that chair, knowing 
knowing, I know there's a chocolate involved, but knowing that, he, he sat down. And I, I want that type of faith that God gives me that word.